Welcome to the Home Birth After Cesarean podcast. Due to the rate of unnecessary C-sections, the lack of support, and limited options for VBAC moms in the hospital, more and more women are choosing to have their VBAC babies at home. This podcast was created for women to share and listen to stories of home birth after cesarean. I'm your host, Rachel Garrett. Today we're chatting with Mary Claire, and she's going to share her three birth stories with us. So if you just want to start us out with an introduction, that would be great. Sure. Uh, My name is Mary Claire, and I live with my husband, Jesse, and we have three kiddos. Um, We're in Cleveland, Ohio. My oldest is five, then I have a three-year-old and a six-month-old. I stay home with my kids. I did used to work as um, a NICU nurse, um, but stopped to stay home about two years ago now. Um, and then my husband is the chief resident at the um, Veterans Hospital here in Cleveland. We have like a medical side of uh, <laughs> our background too. So, so we um, got married right after undergrad. Um, we both graduated the same year and uh, my husband started medical school and I started my first nursing job. So we um, waited about a year to try to get pregnant. Um, and then pretty easily we were able to get pregnant when we were ready. Um, I do chart my cycle, so that made it fairly easy um, for us, thankfully. And um, the pregnancy was fine. Um, I really had no issues and we were just kind of like going with the flow. We were both like medical professionals. So we just kind of did what the OBs told us to do and everything. Um, but then at, I think it was like my seven, 37 week appointment, they realized that he was breech. And so they're like, well, you have two options. You can schedule a C-section or we can try to flip him and see um, if we can get him head down. And then um, you could have a vaginal delivery. So um, I was like, well, let's go ahead and try. I mean, I would regret not trying and I don't want to have a C-section with my first if I don't have to, because I knew that once you have a C-section, it just makes it more difficult to um, have a vaginal delivery. So um, we did try that and unfortunately did not work. He was pretty stuck in my pelvis. Um, so yeah, they tried for about 20 minutes to flip him and uh, just wasn't working. So they sent me home. They're like, well, we'll schedule a C-section, you know, at your next appointment. Um, but my water did end up breaking um, like two days later <laughs> in, the, in the morning. Um and so we went to the hospital and they did the C-section and um, it was pretty straightforward. I mean, I wasn't like that upset or anything. I know some women like have a very strong idea of how they want their birth to go. But um, I think like being in the medical side and like, especially as a NICU nurse, I had been to so many C-sections. I was like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, um, you know, I was happy with how things went. Um, and we were lucky he was healthy and I was healthy. So, um, so yeah, that was the first one. <laughs> what did that uh, postpartum time look like for you, both right after the C-section and then after getting home? Yeah, it was actually really good. I was very lucky. Um, so we were in the hospital for like three, four days. Um, and of course, you know, it was like really hard to get up out of bed. And I had this really horrible recurred pain up into my shoulder. So anytime I would sit up, like I'd have, it was almost worse than like the incision pain. So I just remember that being really hard. Um, But yeah, he did really well breastfeeding. Like I really had no issues and the nurses were great. Um, 
and it was just me and him. So like I didn't have other kids to take care of. Um, and I think my husband was off for a little bit, so I did have help. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of like on cloud nine. Like I love being a mom and <laughs> I was like, I'm ready to have another one. It was so great. Um, so yeah, I really lucked out. I mean, my other postpartums were not as nice, but, um, yeah, I got really lucky with the first one, thankfully. <laughs> um, I was exclusively breastfeeding, so I didn't really didn't get my cycles back until like a year after he was born. Um, but then I was able to get pregnant fairly quickly. Um, and then again, like pregnancy was really great with the second one. Um, thankfully the OB office I went to, there was a nurse midwife that worked there. So she was like very forthcoming with information about the VBACs, which was really great. Um, and I was like, yeah, definitely want to do this. Um, so that was really nice to kind of like know that that was an option. Um, I wasn't like very prepared though. <laughs> like, I feel like I should have taken maybe a birth class or like did a little more reading or something. Um, I was just kind of like going off of like, um, you know, I have a high pain tolerance. I can do this, no drugs, no problem. And <laughs> it kind of felt like a first baby again because I had never experienced, um, I mean, I did kind of go into labor a little bit before um, they did the C-section, but I didn't that was like the only experience I had. So um, that was kind of different being my second baby, but in a way it kind of felt like my first all over again. Um, and had um, VBAC always been on your radar or was it when you met with that midwife that it kind of solidified things? Um, I think I knew I wanted to do it, um, but I think she kind of made it seem like it was like something I could definitely do. Um, she was like, you know, having a breech baby and you went into labor on your own, like that's probably the best case scenario for you to be able to have a VBAC. So I was like, oh, great. I didn't know that. So, um, so I think she just gave me a lot of confidence. Like you don't have to choose a C-section. Like, you know, a lot of people do and that's fine, but you don't have to do that if you don't want to. Um, so that was great. I like that she kind of spelled that out for me right away. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome just to have that support right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, she, I mean, her birth went fine. Um, I did end up getting an epidural with her um, in the hospital. And um, which, you know, looking back on it, I was like kind of disappointed because not because I like wasn't able to handle birth and everything, but um, I, when it came time for me to push, I like could feel nothing. And like, I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, her heart rate started getting like really high and then it would dip and high. Um, so they ended up having to use the vacuum and they did an episiotomy. And so it was, they just like wanted to get her out really quickly. And I felt like I was not able to like contribute at all to the birth. Um, so I think, you know, afterward, I was like, oh, that's fine, whatever. Um, but then later thinking about it, I was like, oh, I wish I could have like, I just wish it would have gone differently. Um, Cause I feel like the epidural really like took, I mean, it was great in the moment. Like <laughs> I, was, I was in a lot of pain and like felt very out of control, but um, cause I didn't prepare at all. Um, but yeah, looking back, I was like, it would have been nice to be able to experience more of it, I guess, physically. And how long was 
that labor and how did it start? Yeah, so it was only about a six hour labor. Um, I went into labor like around nine in the evening. I started having contractions um, and we went to the hospital fairly quickly. I, I don't even remember timing the contractions, but they seemed to pick up pretty quick. And um, yeah, we got there and they checked me and I was like only three centimeters and I was already like, you know, in a lot of pain. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to need an epidural if I'm only a three. And um, so, yeah, but it was only about six hours, I want to say, which is fairly quick for the first baby, <laughs> second baby, but first uh, vaginal delivery. But yeah, it was fine. Do you remember how long you pushed for? I think it was about an hour, hour and a half. Um, I think I did dilate to a 10 like fairly quickly, but then they did just leave me to like let my body labor more and like get the baby down. Um, but yeah, it did take, I feel like I was pushing for a very long time and it was exhausting, like <laughs> trying to push a baby out of you and you have no idea what you're doing. Um, you just can't feel anything. So that was really difficult. I didn't like that. Yeah. How did, how did that postpartum experience compare to your first? Um, uh, it was definitely rockier. <laughs> um, so my husband was still in medical school and, uh, he was not able to have time off after she was born. So we actually ended up having to leave the hospital early because he needed to get back to um, whatever he was doing. <laughs> and uh, so I was on my own with my toddler and newborn like the day after she was born. Um, so I think that really set me up for failure. <laughs> um, and I didn't really realize how important it was to have help. And we were away from family in med school. so. Um, that made it really difficult. And I didn't realize that um, I was going to need more help than I thought. Um, so I definitely like had some postpartum depression that went undiagnosed for a very long time because I didn't really fit the typical mold of the symptoms. Um, but I mean, she did a really great breastfeeding too. So that really wasn't an issue. Um, I think it was just kind of like circumstances that were going on behind the scenes, you know, we were planning on moving for, he was going to start residency. So we were looking for houses and we were traveling back and forth when she was still a newborn. So, um, I definitely didn't have that like rest time where I could just sit and nurse my baby and people were there to help. Um, so that just made it pretty difficult. Yeah. <laughs> you had a lot on your plate. You guys were. Yeah, busy. there was a lot going on. I didn't realize it at the time that that was not normal to be doing all of that. But um, so then what made you consider home birth? It's it's just especially interesting to me with the medical background. You don't hear a yeah. lot of people with that background going the home birth route. So take us through right. that a little bit. Yeah. So um, we got pregnant with um, so my six month old and, uh, I wasn't planning on having a home birth until about like 33 weeks. Um, so COVID happened of course. And, uh, I've, I've never really been afraid of getting COVID or whatever, but I was hearing about how hospitals were making women wear masks while they're in labor and not even letting the husbands in the delivery room. And that was starting to really freak me out. 
I was like, that is not okay with me. Um, it's crazy. And yeah. moms being separated from their newborns and yes, just all, all sorts of, of crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I just started to hear this and I was like, you know, I'm 30 some weeks pregnant. Like, what if this happens like a week before I'm due? You know, like I knew at that point the hospital hadn't made any of those policies. Um, but I was really worried that like, you know, a week or two before I was due that something was going to happen and uh, it was just going to stress me out. Um, so during my whole pregnancy, though, I was like really set, like I was like, I want to have a natural birth. I don't want an epidural. So I, again, we didn't really have an opportunity to have or do a birth class. So I just did a ton of reading. I read like every birth book I could find. I listened to birth stories, like all the podcasts and blogs and like everything that I was seeing multiple times was like, you know, if you want to have a natural um, medication free birth, you need to be like as relaxed as possible and like undisturbed. Um, and of course that was all like pointing toward a home birth, at least for me in my mind. And I was like, oh, that sounds so nice. But like my husband would never go for it. And that's just crazy. Like I would never do that. And I was like, well, maybe like the next baby I'll consider it. Cause I was like, that's crazy to switch, you know, this late in the game. But then when all this COVID stuff started coming up, I was talking to my husband about it and he was like, well, I mean, we can look into a home birth if you want. And I was like, okay you're, you're oh, cool he, with that <laughs> you brought it up yeah and I, I mean I think I was telling him kind of throughout the pregnancy the stuff I was reading because it was just fascinating to me you know on how like cool home birth would sound I'm like isn't that so cool you could just like have a baby in your house and you wouldn't have to go anywhere and like my last labor was fairly quick like I'm not gonna have to like call you call my mom and like you know it just takes a lot of that out of the picture. Um, so yeah, he brought it up. I was like, okay, <laughs> like, let's look into it. And uh, so we ended up setting up some interviews with um, two different midwives in our area. In the first interview, I was just blown away by um, this woman and like her knowledge. And I just like immediately felt very comfortable with her. And like, I could tell she knew what she was doing. Um, even more so than like any OB I had ever seen. Um, yeah, so we like, we interviewed two midwives and we ended up going with the first one. And then we were, I was still like in the back of my mind worried about the whole VBAC thing um, and like the risks that come along with that. Um, so we both did a lot of research into like, you know, what are the chances of something going wrong? And you know, all of that scary stuff. And uh, we ended up finding that like the chance of you having a uterine rupture is like very slim. Like it's even the same amount of risk as like any woman having like an abruption or a prolapse cord or something like that, which everybody could be at risk for. So I was like, oh, like if that's it, like, of course, you know, I'm not really at any more risk than any other woman and you know we're close to a hospital and my husband's a physician like I think we could do this this is a possibility um that was like the main uh thing I was kind of like hung up on was the VBAC um you know because you read all these things online about uterine rupture and it sounds scary like you're 
uterus is going to explode or something, but that's really not the case. Um, Was there anything that you did just to help, I mean, besides research and looking into all of that, obviously, but mm -hmm. just to help get rid of some of those fears going into your birth? Yeah. So I, I think a lot of the birth stories really helped. I would like look through all the podcasts and like, I would only listen to like positive ones that were like, um, mostly the home birth ones I would listen to. Um, and then like any VBAC stories I could find, um, that was really helpful. And then, um, the, just the fact that my husband was so on board made me feel better. I mean, he's not, he's not an OB or anything, but, um, the fact that he didn't think it was like an insane idea. So, um, yeah, that was really great. And I mean, none of my, I have one friend who had home births and I'm not like that close with her, but, um, she like was the one who gave me some midwives names and, but yeah, I mean, really, I don't know anybody else that had home births. <laughs> I knew it. I know it's like becoming more popular. So I wasn't like totally turned off to the idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think my husband's support was like the biggest push to just do it. <laughs> so then you said you were 33 weeks when you guys made that switch to the midwife? Yeah. Yeah, about 33 weeks. So that was a little crazy. <laughs> did she finish out your prenatal care then for the rest of yeah, your Yeah. Yeah. And that was so great. Oh my gosh. I loved <laughs> prenatal care with the midwife. <laughs> um you know, hour long appointments, I would lay on her couch and she would listen to the baby. And yeah, it was just like such a night and day, like from OB care to midwifery care. Absolutely. I'm still like blown away. Like, <laughs> why would anybody go see an OB? Like, just the way that Western medicine is set up. The midwif midwifery model of care is definitely a little more woman-centered, family-centered. Yeah. You get to know the person who's going to be there when your baby is born and they get right. to you too. Yeah. It's You're not walking into an office and the person has to look at your chart to remember what your name is. Yeah. And I felt like when I went to the OB, I would see like a different person every time because it was such a big hospital that I was at. So that wasn't very uh, comforting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. So then take us to where that labor started. Yeah. So, um, again, I went into labor in the evening. Um, we had actually like at my last appointment, she was feeling my belly trying to figure out where exactly he was. And she was like, normally I'm really good at telling where babies are, but I cannot figure this one out. And I was like, do you think he's breached? She's like, no, I don't know. She was just not feeling typical body parts where they should have been. Um, so I was like, well, I would like to know if he's breached or not. And she's like, well, you can go get an ultrasound if you want. Um, I was like, well, I don't want to like go spend a few hundred dollars on an ultrasound. It's like, I was pretty sure he was head down. Um, but then she was making me a little nervous. <laughs> um, so we actually went to my husband's work. He has like a portable ultrasound and we <laughs> parked in the parking garage and he like went inside and got it and scanned me in the car and <laughs> like, oh, good, he's head down, but he was posterior. So that's why in his hands were up by his head. So um, I think that was what was confusing everybody. Um, 
so yeah, so I knew he was posterior and I was having a lot of um, like contractions in my back that evening. And I was like, okay, I think, you know, this is probably labor. Um, so he tried going to sleep and I was still getting him in my back. So I went and hopped in the shower and that helped and they stopped and it's like, okay, maybe this isn't it. And I got back in bed. And then they started to like pick up again. I was like, okay, I think this is really it. So I hop back in the shower and my husband calls the midwife and my mom, cause my mom was going to come over and stay with our kids in case they woke up. Um, so he calls everybody and starts filling up the birth pool and um, I'm in the shower and I guess things just progressed pretty quickly. Um, I was kind of like, I just had like the hot water on my back and I was just kind of swaying and I was, you know, trying to be as relaxed as possible. And um, nothing was ever like really painful. Like I remember my daughter's birth being, um, which is really intense. And I knew like if I broke my concentration at all, I probably would have been in a lot of pain. But yeah, so I don't, I wasn't in the shower for very long. And then I remember having a contraction and I was like, I kind of feel like I have to push a little bit. <laughs> I was like, let me just try a tiny little push and see what that feels like. And I did it and my water broke. Um, so <laughs> I was like, okay. And I'm like running through my mind, like what I need to do. Cause I'm alone in the shower and my husband's downstairs and, uh, I was like, I could have the baby in the shower by myself, but I'd probably wake the kids up. <laughs> I was like, I know it goes really quick once you, once your water breaks. And so somehow I like got out of the shower and hobbled down the stairs and kind of like collapsed on the floor, like leaning against an armchair. <laughs> and uh, my husband was blowing up the birth pool and the pumps were really loud. And uh, I think it took him a little while for him to actually see that I was down there. <laughs> and I'm just like leaning up against this chair. And then my body just starts pushing. Like I got that fetal ejection reflex. And I, I was like, Jesse, I'm pushing. <laughs> and he was like, okay, okay. So he calls our midwife and puts her on speakerphone. And she was kind of like talking us through everything. And um, I think it was only like maybe one or two contractions. And he was born he just kind of like flew out of me um yeah it was like the wildest thing I think it, like my labor was only like an hour start to finish I would say it was pretty crazy <laughs> how how did the intensity of that one compare to your second birth just I mean they were both fairly yeah. quick but obviously an hour is quicker than yeah hours still too they're very different and I think it really was like being at home made a huge difference because I remember like with my daughter the second one um like as soon as we got to the hospital and they had me in the triage room with the lights and they're like trying to put an IV in me I was just like beside myself <laughs> like so uncomfortable and like it was just terrible. Like, I remember being in so much pain and like for a while, they like couldn't get an IV in me for a long time. So that's why it took a long time for them to get the epidural. Um, but I just remember feeling so out of control and like, it was like the worst pain I had ever experienced in my entire life. And everybody says like, oh, you forget the pain once you have your baby. But like, I, I still remember. <laughs> um, but with Jude, our home birth, we, um, like I would say I, it was not painful, just intense. And I think it was just because I was able to like 
really relax. And, uh, you know, when I was in the shower, I didn't have the lights on. Um, it was dark. I had the hot water. Like, I think it was, it just made all the difference and like the experience, like pain or no pain, you know? Um, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Just being able to move freely. You're in an environment yeah. that you're familiar with and comfortable mm-hmm. in. And yeah. you're really able to listen to your body and what it's telling you. Whereas in that hospital setting, like you said, with the bright lights and people messing with you and people coming in yeah. and out and even just like all of the stuff you have to do to get admitted to the hospital, like paperwork. Mm-hmm. And yes, <laughs> I mean, all of that breaks your concentration and takes away from yeah. what your body is doing. And it's really hard to listen to your body in that setting sometimes mm-hmm. too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, all of the books I was reading, you know, like Ina May's book, she was talking about, um, you know, like animals when they give birth, they like go and find like a hidden place to have their babies. And uh, I was like, that totally makes sense. You know, like even with my first, my son, where um, we had the C-section, I was in labor with him. And uh, I don't remember it being painful until they came in to prep me for surgery. And there's, you know, nurses and doctors everywhere. Then I remember being in a lot of pain, but um, yeah. So like all of those memories of the first two births, I was like, I think being at home would be really great. Awesome. So then how, how long after he was born, did your midwife get there? Uh, it maybe took her, oh gosh, I don't remember, maybe 45 minutes. Um, my mom actually got there first. She didn't know I had the baby and, uh, she walks in and I'm like sitting on our living room floor with the baby up on my chest. And she was like, what? What just happened? <laughs> Didn't quite know what um, she was walking into. <laughs> yeah. Well, she told me afterwards, she was a little bit nervous when she, when I asked her to come, I didn't really care either way if my kids were there at the birth. Um, I just wanted somebody there for them in case like I was getting really loud. Like I had no idea what it was going to be like. Um, so, and my mom gets very queasy with anything bloody or medical (laughs) related. Um, so she told me, she was like, I was really nervous that I was going to have to be there when you were going to have the baby (laughs) because I don't know if I could do it. Um, so she was very relieved that, um, the baby had already been born, um, when she walked in. (laughs) It was funny. Um, but yeah, so she got there and then the midwife's assistant got there next. And then finally my midwife got there. It was actually like bad timing. Um, I guess that night there was, you know, all the riots and stuff going on. So Cleveland had shut down parts of the freeway to comply with the curfew, I think. Um, so she got there a lot later than uh, she would have liked, but. So then what did, what did that postpartum period look like for you with now three kiddos? It was good. Um, so definitely my midwife was very adamant that I need to pick a spot and stay there for like four days. <laughs> I was like, I can't move at all. She said like, Nope, you can't walk up or downstairs. Nothing. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's different. Um, yeah, but my husband was off for quite a few days and we now live near family. So, um, they were over a lot. So I definitely had way more help than I had with the other two. Um, which made a huge difference. And, uh, 
you know, we had people bringing over meals, which we didn't have when we were living um, in Hershey for med school. So it was definitely um, a way better postpartum experience <laughs> um, than the other two for sure. Um, just having that extra help. And she, my midwife had this whole sheet of paper of things I can do, things I can't do, um, you know, in very specific ways of how I need to like take care of myself um, to make sure I heal properly and everything. So that was really nice. I like kept pulling that up to read that. Um, I never got any of that <laughs> before. Like, see, so. I can't get up and go do the dishes in the laundry right now. <laughs> right. It says right here. <laughs> Yeah. Did she do um, um, postpartum care with you then too? Yeah. So they, um, her and the assistant stayed for quite a while and um, did all the postpartum care. And then uh, she came the next morning and then, I don't know, quite a few times after that, which was really nice um, just to check on me and the baby. And um, yeah, I mean, everything was great. Baby was healthy. How has having this home birth changed things for you yeah it's definitely made me realize that like and I think all the books too that I was reading like our bodies know what to do like um you know and all of the hormones that go into labor and delivery and um just how connected everything is and when you mess with any part of that that's when things can go wrong you know even just getting an epidural like it really messes with like you know, once the baby's born, you're supposed to have all of these like endorphins and all that, but you don't have any of that because you're like not in any pain. Um, so just like being able to experience that whole process without any um, intervention was really awesome. Um, and like, I can't imagine giving birth in a hospital again if I don't have to. Um, yeah, just realizing like our bodies were made to do this and like God created us this way. And there's, you know, of course there's exceptions where, you know, you may need more care than others, but for the most part, you know, birth isn't like a big scary thing that needs to be handled in a hospital. You know, it's just, you're just having a baby. <laughs> it's not a medical emergency most of right. the time. It's just a natural right, exactly. part of life. Yeah. But you're right. There are definitely valid reasons for yes. needing extra care and intervention mm -hmm. and even needing a C-section. I mean, there are definitely right. valid of reasons course. for all of that, but it's just yeah. gotten to the point where that's what you jump to and that's the first thing mm -hmm. that happens. And yeah. I think so many people don't realize that there's this whole other way of having mm. babies that doesn't have that huge interruption of hormones. Because even laboring mm. at home and then getting in your car to go to the hospital can interrupt those hormones. I oh, mean, yeah, every single sure. little thing that you do that takes you out of that state of mind, I mean, I hear it called labor land, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> where your mind is yeah. you're concentrating and you're focused. Anything that takes you away from that can interrupt that cocktail of hormones and then can yeah. lead to different complications. Oh yeah, exactly. And I like, even just my own experiences, you know, like I, I worked in a hospital for so many years, like I was comfortable in a hospital, but even like that still like me going into a hospital when I'm in labor, like that messed me up so much. Like, what is it, you know, anybody else who's not used to being in a hospital, like that's gotta be so uncomfortable and 
I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, my last question is just, do you have any advice or insight to give to other women who are either exploring their options or even know that they want to have a home birth after a cesarean? Um, just something that you could tell them to help encourage them. Yeah. Um, so like I said, there's like not a whole lot out there specifically um, for women who want to have a home birth after a cesarean, but I think definitely talking to um, like a home birth midwife um, is great because they're the ones that have like the firsthand experiences of, you know, delivering women at home that have had VBACs. Um, Cause that was like one of the first questions I asked my midwife. I was like, have you done this with a woman who's had a cesarean before and she was like oh yeah I do it all the time like it's you know it's not a big deal so like hearing it from her was really great because everything I looked at online was like you know you're high risk you know you have all these things that could go wrong um so yeah I think just talking to a home birth midwife is great and even if you like aren't even sold on the idea just to like hear another um somebody else's opinion who's very educated in that field is really great. Um, and then I also joined a bunch of like all these Facebook groups that I could find, um, you know, and ask people like, who here is had a VBAC? <laughs> like, how did it go for you and all that? Um, so that was really helpful too. Um, and then also, you know, all the podcasts I could find. Um, and I would really, on I only listen to like positive ones. I think maybe me being, um, like working as a nurse, I knew all the things that could go wrong and I didn't need to like reinforce that in my mind. Um, cause I, I know that could happen and I have no control over that, but, um, just listening to all of the very positive, um, birth stories was really helpful. Awesome. Well, thank you so You're much welcome. for sharing um, your stories. I really yeah, appreciate it. Of course. I'm so excited too hear everybody's story. Yes. <laughs> I still love listening to birth stories even after I had my baby. <laughs> so fun. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Home Birth After Cesarean podcast. Make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you're interested in sharing your home birth after cesarean story, send us an email at hbacpodcast at gmail.com. See you next week.